0: Good morning. As we continue this series, Lessons from the Last Supper, today we're going to be in John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. So if you would turn in your Bibles, John 15, 1 through 11, that's where we're going to be today. And we're going to talk about this idea of abide. Sorry. This idea of abiding in the Lord. Abide is what we're talking about. And if we're going to talk about abide, and if we're going to talk about this section of scripture in general, you're going to have to understand something before we begin, because Jesus is going to teach an object lesson, and he's going to use a certain object to explain it. So today, my friends, as I reflect on, on something I, I even saw this morning, my wife. Anybody else see their wives this morning? I saw my wife this morning. There she is. I see her again. Well, she was out in the backyard working on gardening. My wife has become a gardener. Her mother has or used to have a very green thumb, and she has finally passed that on to my wife, who has a green thumb. And as we think on gardening, and as I think on gardening, I get more into the idea of gardening and watching plants grow. But in this particular passage of Scripture, we want to focus on one particular plant the grapevine. And in order to understand the grapevine, you've got to understand some of the parts of the grapevine. A typical grapevine, you, you of course have the, the vine itself, the trunk, and then it splits into these two things called cordons. And these cordons are usually fastened to some sort of structure, either a trellis or a wire or something else. These cordons. And where it splits, there's the crown or the head, it's called. It's called the head or the crown. And off of that, you have these arms and these spurs, and from them come the shoots that turn into branches that produce the fruit. And the whole point of a grapevine is to produce fruit. The whole purpose of the branches is so that they produce grapes. How many of you like grapes? Everybody, well, almost everybody like. I love grapes. Grapes are, are wonderful. They, they burst in your mouth, and they're just a, a pleasure to eat. And so that is the purpose of a branch. But sometimes, sometimes this happens. Now look, I love green plants. Gr- green is beautiful. And that's one of the things I love about living in, in Houston or living in Cyprus versus some of the places I've lived up north. Uh, living up north, it's not green for most of the year. Down here, it's green pretty much all year round. Some trees lose their leaves. But if the grapevine is not tended to, it's all leafy, just like you see here on this trellis. That's nice looking. But one of the problems is you're not going to get a lot of fruit out of something like that. And, and what did I say? The whole purpose of a branch is to produce fruit. And so when the grapevine is tended to, when the branches are tended to, you come up with these beautiful grapes that you take out of the fridge and put in a bowl and rinse them off and then eat them or you put them in a juicer and have grape juice it's so wonderful but if you you see the difference between these two right you've you've, on the one hand you've got the leafy one which has not been tended to on the other hand you have this one that has been tended to so this is the basic mechanics of dealing with a grape vine you gotta prune away some of the green leafy stuff so that you can have these beautiful grapes that we all enjoy eating. Which which also leads into a few questions that maybe we need to ponder, also with respect to this passage. Have you come to a point in your faith walk where you've had enough? You're tired of it. You're you're hurting inside, or somebody's hurt you, or you've just had it. You've been shut down so many times. Or, Or perhaps, maybe you're one of these, that you've come to a point... Or you've arrived and you can do it all on your own and by your own power. This is a couple of questions I want you to ponder as we get into John 15, verses 1 through 11. Now, before we get into 15, 1 through 11, I want to remind you all we were at the, or were at the Last Supper. And in the Last Supper, they enjoyed a, a nice meal together, the Passover meal On the 14th of Aviv, or Nisan, in the Jewish calendar, Jesus, of course, got up, he took off his outer garment and put on a towel and tied it around his waist and was washing their feet like a slave, like a servant. And the idea was, oh, that we're supposed to serve. Serve one another in the same way that Jesus served his disciples. And then we were called to love one another. And not just love one another, but love one another as Jesus loved his disciples we are called to love each other that way and then we learned about hey we have to obey jesus we obey jesus and by obeying him we we keep his commandments we guard them and we do them we serve we love and we obey and jesus talked a lot about the trinity which was really cool of how the the father the son and the holy spirit they are one they are beyond our understanding And then we got this at the end of chapter 14, verse 31. The the end of verse verse 31. He says, get up. Let us go from here. And so they started to walk. And so this is a really neat part because they're walking and talking when they get to this portion where we are right here. Chapter 15, verse 1. This is Jesus talking as they're going along. He says... I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruit. You, that is y'all, are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to y'all. Abide in me. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful section. Lord, for this object lesson that you taught to your apostles. Lord, before you were crucified, just a few hours before you were taken into captivity and arrested. Lord, I ask that you would bless this time, open our eyes to your word, help us to understand these things, Lord, not just to understand them, Lord, but that we would apply them to our lives. For that indeed is why you have given us your word, so that we can apply it, so that we can understand it. So be with us now, we ask in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So there's a verb that keeps popping up in this section. It's the word abide. It's this Greek word meno. And it means to remain connected. And the idea here is that a branch is connected to the vine. It also said in, if you remember, chapter 14, verse 23, John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. It's that same idea of abode, abide, abiding to remain connected to. But it's even deeper than that because this word is used so many times throughout the Bible. This, this Greek word, meno, it's used many times and in many different contexts. This one's in a particular context. Well, let's take a look at the first six verses again. I love reading God's word. That's why I, I, I try to go over it at least twice every time we, we meet together. It says here, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. This is an object lesson. You know, some scholars say Jesus here is, has stopped at a vine, because they all acknowledge they've gotten up from the dinner. They're walking. They're walking down Mount Moriah, on which the temple is built. They're headed towards the Kidron Valley, which is between the two mountains, two of the mountains of Jerusalem. Right next to the mount of olives you know what's on the other side of the kidron valley the garden of gethsemane where they're going to pray they're not there yet though they're walking down the mountain and maybe jesus is looking at a vine but it's super late at night it's midnight 1 a.m 2 a.m somewhere around there so there's moonlight maybe they see this vine or maybe they just know about the vine but here's the key because this is an object lesson Jesus is the true vine. He says, I'm the true vine. Now, this idea of true vine is important. It's distinguished from just vine. For Israel was a vine. We see in Isaiah 5, God planted a vineyard, and he set them up so that they would bear much fruit. But they did not bear much fruit. So Jesus may be drawing on that and drawing on the other times that Israel is referred to as the fruit. For Jesus is the Israel of God. He has perfected. He has perfected what Israel was supposed to do. And so here, he is the true vine. This is Jesus. His father is the vine dresser, the one that is tending the vine and tending the branches. The branches are the believers. And what's the purpose of a branch on a regular vine, grapevine? To bear fruits. And so that's what the believers are supposed to do. We're supposed to bear fruit. And what is fruit? Fruit is the results of good works that believers do. The results of good works that believers do. And to abide in this context here, it's a branch that gets its nourishment from the vine. So the picture I showed you earlier of a grapevine, you see that everything is, there's roots, right? And the roots draw up water and nutrients, and it goes through the vine, into the cordons, into the branches. And those branches all take nourishment. And I want you to understand, there's two branches being talked about. I know that this section of Scripture is perhaps scary for some because some are cut off. Some branches are cut off and they're dried up and thrown into the fire. And some say the Bible teaches here that you can lose your salvation. Well, let us look at that. I want you to ponder that. I want you to stew in that tension just for a little bit because it's fun to do so. This is getting into God's Word. This is not being afraid. I challenge all of you, never be afraid to ask any question of God's Word. Don't be afraid. But you've got to dig into God's Word. And as a Bible teacher, it is my heart's desire that you would dig deeper. I don't have time to cover everything here. I wish I did. You probably don't wish you did, because we'd be here till three, four, tomorrow. <laughs> So, but this is the idea. There's two types of branches. One that's bearing fruit and one that's not bearing fruit. And and what does it say here in verse 2? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. So these branches are in the vine. They're attached to the vine. They're drawing nutrients from the vine, but they are not bearing fruit. And so the vine dresser comes by and he starts to make cuts. And in, in terms of the, the types of branches, one is taken away, the other is pruned. And why is it pruned? It's pruned so that it can bear more fruit. And so this idea of the two branches can be a wonderful lesson that you, you get by actually looking at, as I did, videos of actual vine dressers. And I watched them, and I listened to all that they had to say, and I, I, I wound up taking notes. I just did it so that I could get an understanding of the vine, because I, even though my, we don't grow grapes yet. This is not just a pitch so that we start growing grapes, but it's a wonderful idea. Okay. <laughs> but watching these videos, I was just watching them to gain knowledge. I listened to the things that these vine dressers had to say, and I started taking notes what they had to say because this pruning process is amazing when you hear it from an actual vine dresser from actual vine dressers so here's some of the quotes i got i watched several videos so this is a culmination of many of them oh and guess what the fun thing is (laughs) the fun thing is about these quotes is that i had so many of them that i had to prune some of them so that's there we go (laughs) listen to this though it's all about managing the branches on the vine. As, as the man, he, was, he was, had a pride in saying, listen, you really got to manage these branches. And that's what the vine dresser does. He's managing it. He says, if you don't prune, you will sacrifice your crop and only get foliage. Only get foliage, but no fruit. Just like that first picture you saw, the vine that was on the trellis. It hadn't been pruned oh this was a good one this one kind of hit me in the heart look at this next one it was this, this guy from wales this welshman he said pruning some of this away is a crying shame but if you want grapes you've got to do this it's a it's a crying shame you know we have a loving father and it's a crying shame for him to have to prune it's not saying that here in scripture but he's the vine dresser and this is an actual vine dresser and kind of what they feel and we can get from other parts of the bible that god is loving And he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So it's a crying shame. But if you want to get grapes, this is what you got to do. Look at this. This is a quote from them. Other branches that are not producing are taking nutrients from those that are producing. Cut them off. That's scary. And, you know, I I thought about it in terms of a branch that's not producing. And as the word says here, and there's a lot of opinions about this other branch that's not producing, this word is connected, or this branch is connected to the vine in scripture. It says it right there in verse 2. Connected to the vine. It's kind of like somebody who's full and puffed up with knowledge and keeps it all to themselves. Kind of terrifying. But they are taking nutrients away as the nutrient comes from the roots into the vine and into the cordons and into the branches. Man, those, those are taking away nutrients from the ones that are producing fruit. And what's the purpose of a branch but to produce fruit? Oh, look at this one. Too many clusters of grapes will not allow you to have any good fruit. The branch can't support them all. Cut some of them off. Wow, even a branch that's producing, it may have too many grapes on it that it's going to destroy the branch. Just like a person who's in all these different ministries and is struggling because they can't be a part of some ministry right now in the way that they want. Oh, well, you should see the visual. In fact, if you look at this, the small group study that I put out there, I put a link to the, 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 to the video of the Welchman. It's really good. He's, he's such a sweet-hearted man. I, I hope that he's a believer. I truly do. Uh, prune them. Ooh, here was this guy who's going growing grapes in his backyard. He said, prune them to allow more light to get where it is needed. Sometimes branches create darkness. And they are cut off because light is not getting to where it needs to get. Oh, this one, oh, really got me. Cut back useless tendrils on the branches that are reaching out to an empty space. These tendrils, they, it's these, these little green things that come out and spiral around something so that it can anchor itself to Something. But this guy said, Look at this tendril. It's, it's reaching out for nothing. It's reaching out for emptiness. Don't we have tendrils? We try to anchor ourselves in emptiness. The vine dresser sees these things and he goes to work. Now, the interesting thing here so we saw verse 2, they're all attached. Verse 3, he said, You are already clean. uh, because of the word which I have spoken to you. He's speaking to his disciples there, of course. You are already clean because of the word I spoke to you. That word clean is the same word for prune. (laughs) They're already pruned. And and think of it this way. Boy, are the disciples pruned. They've been with Jesus about three years or so. And Jesus is about to leave. And how much fruit are they going to produce as a result? So he's telling them, y'all are already pruned. That's a beautiful thing. Already clean because of the word spoken. Let's look at something, though, with respect to the ones that are pruned. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So if we think back to those first couple of questions, have you come to the point in your faith walk where you've had enough? Maybe. Maybe you've been pruned. Maybe you've got that tendril out there to something that you think is good for you, but God has said, no, you don't understand. And listen, God has the answer key. As a former teacher, I always thought it was fun to have the answer key. And I I kept it under guard because I didn't want any of my students to see it. But I knew what was up ahead for them. I knew what the answers were and if they come to me and ask me i can tell them the answers but we can't see everything right but we can trust that god is pruning where he's supposed to be pruning and sometimes we don't react well to that pruning sometimes the tendril loves to go and try to plant itself and wrap around the nothingness or maybe around something that's going to harm the branch we do these sorts of things, and so as you think about that, those questions that I asked, or, or maybe, maybe you've given up. Maybe you're one of those branches that is not bearing fruit. Just hold on. We'll go in there. But you can't do if you think that you've made it and that you don't need to be atta- or you don't need the help from Jesus because now you're fully equipped and you're ready to go on your own. Never. And i will say this because i know my brother in christ will agree with me not even pastor pete is there yet we all have to abide in christ stay attached to christ for apart from me you can do nothing You cannot be apart from him and expect that you're going to do something and sometimes we are apart from him trying to do things and wonder we wonder i say we me as well i've done it so many times Why am I failing at this? God, why are you doing this to me? Don't you understand that I know the plans I have for me? (laughs) So you have to abide in Christ. Abide. And if you do, you'll bear much fruit. What about the flip side? If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. It's a very sad thing it's attached to the vine it is leafy think about some of those quotes from the pruning there it's drawing nutrients to and not bearing fruit nutrients that could go to a healthy branch that is bearing fruit does it mean that you are if you're bearing no fruit does it mean that you're going to go to hell is the question well, I'm going to show you some verses. We're going to think about some verses. I do not believe at all that's what it's saying. And I do not believe that this is talking about Judas either. Because Judas was never connected. He was always doomed, and his heart was always in the wrong place. But this one, as it says in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So it's a branch that's in him. And this gets a little scary. Because sometimes... We're not doing anything for the Lord. We're not bearing any fruit whatsoever. And when that happens, I don't believe this here is talking about hellfire. I believe this is talking about things that many of us may have seen in the lives of believers that have punted their faith and have walked away. Maybe even some in this church that you know of have punted their faith and walked away and maybe said, you know, I've been serving God for 20 years. It's my turn. I knew a man like that. He was dead within a few years. My brother in Christ. I knew him and his family, and it was very sad. These sort of things happen. Let's talk about it from a biblical perspective. Take a look at 1 Corinthians three twelve through 15. Now, if any man builds on the foundation, the foundation here in context is Jesus one that has Jesus, one that is connected to Jesus. If any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built, on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. These are people that do not produce fruit. Their their work is burnt up, but they themselves are saved. And there's another in, in 1 Corinthians 5. It's talking about handing somebody over to Satan, somebody that's caught in a sin, somebody whose tendrils have wrapped around the nothingness and has stood on that platform of sin and said, I'm I'm not going to call this sin. This is what I do. I am defined by this. Paul says, hey, when somebody's like that, you cut them off from your fellowship. You let them go and do that thing. He said in doing so, it may destroy their body. Their soul will be saved but their body will be destroyed. This is a warning. This is a solemn warning. If you are not producing fruit, it is a warning to you to start producing fruit. Trust that God is there for you and that you have a chance. You're still connected. You're receiving nutrients. Maybe you need to let him prune those things that you've been holding on to. Allow the pruning to take place. If you allow the pruning to take place, you will produce fruit. Or you may be like this man in the business suit. You have to trust God and realize that today is the day. If you're not bearing fruit, it's okay. You want to know something else? That branch is cut off and it dries up, which means that it was moist with the nutrients of Christ. Our God is a miracle worker. If you are in that spot and you feel cut off and that you're on the ground, Do not fear, for the Lord can pick you up and graft you back in, and you can produce fruit. If you are still alive today, today is not too late. Today is always the day to abide in Christ. Let's look at the rest of this section, the rest of the starting verse 7. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made full. Look at this this section when you abide in christ you align your prayers with his word there's conditions there there are conditions there in seven if you abide in me and my words abide in you the things that you ask for are going to be in accordance with his word and in accordance with his will remember what it says in james 4 sometimes you have not because you ask not Sometimes you have not because you ask with improper motives. Well, if you're abiding in Christ, your motives are proper. If you keep his word in your heart, your motives will be proper. And look, it glorifies God. When you bear much fruit, it brings glory to God and everyone can see it. It is a beautiful thing. It's one of the, you wonder, what am I supposed to do with my life? Bear fruit. You bring glory to God when you bear fruit. And you prove yourself to be a disciple of Christ by bearing much fruit. As, as we obey him, he's obeyed the Father. He's proved himself to be a disciple of the Father. We prove ourselves to be a disciple of him when we bear much fruit. And it says also, obey Jesus' commandments to abide. Ooh, obey. Obedience is, is tacked to abiding. That's amazing. To abide in his love. And you know what? It brings Jesus joy. And it brings joy into our lives you know sometimes that tendril that wants to go into the nothingness or sometimes that lack of bearing fruit so that you can feel safe is keeping you from experiencing real joy the real joy for your life you wonder what am i supposed to do with my life you're supposed to bear fruit and if you do that you will experience the joy in fact this whole idea of abiding here in the context That we've been studying of the Last Supper. It's when abiding is when you continually serve one another, love one another, and obey Jesus' commands. Then your joy will be made complete. It's all the things he's been talking to them about. Abide in him. Now, what about abiding in him and you? Have you had it? Or do you think you can do it on your own? Are you going through the pruning? Or are you fruitless? Abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. As long as you can draw breath today is always the best day to abide in Christ. This is such a beautiful object lesson. He is the vine. We are the branches. As the the vine comes up and there's a, a double cordon with the crown In the middle where it splits, my goodness, it looks so much like our Savior. On the cross, let us pray. Lord, thank you for this message and this object lesson. And Lord, I thank you that it was a grapevine. That beautiful double cordon vine very much looks like you on the cross. And the grape, Lord, reminds us of the blood that you shed and the lord's table that we're about to partake of so lord i ask that you would help us all whether we be not so fruitful to become more fruitful and lord if we are not bearing fruit that we would bear fruit and that we would do these things that you called us to do to serve one another and love one another and to obey your word and to abide in you we ask these things in jesus name amen